0: Galatians chapter 5. Let's have a look at that. Open up your Bible, Galatians chapter 5. Look at that, I'm breaking in a new Bible. It's already been a little bit broken in this one, but I've got a a new one. The other one, it served served well. (laughs) Okay, Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Paul writes, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not... Let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So, you know, Paul's saying, he's making a huge statement here. Why have we been set free? For freedom. We haven't been set free to be imprisoned. We've been set free for freedom, for us to be free. And you know, he's talking about that to the Galatians in a particular context because in the Galatian church and in his ministry, Paul constantly found himself having to thread a stream of truth and a path that the Lord had for him and for the church between that group who wanted to bring legalism into the life of the church and between that other group that wants to bring liberalism into the life of the church. One is saying that you need to be under both covenants, all of the law and grace as well, and the law, and a lot of them, and there's a lot of teaching on this too, you know, that's come through the evangelical church over the years. And it goes something like this, that. The grace of God through Jesus Christ will get you into the kingdom, but it's works that keeps you there. Ah, that's not true. So Paul is speaking to that at the same time. He's speaking to the fact that we've been set free in Christ, that that doesn't give us a license to sin. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't give us a license to sin. It doesn't make it all right. So Paul makes this statement here. He says, "You are set free. That's a fact. You are set free in Christ. You give your life to Jesus Christ. You are set free from sin and death. Set free. You might not fully understand that. That's okay. You might be struggling in life to let all of that embrace you. That's okay. It's a fact that you are set free in Jesus Christ. And he actually says that very strongly. And there's a purpose in that. The freedom has a purpose and that's to be free to be able to serve God. To be able to be God's person. Why? Why would I want to do that? Because that carries more freedom with it again. That carries more freedom in my life for me again. And he makes this second statement in that first opening verse. He says, do not let it go. Don't let it go. You know, because in the church here, he had on one side, he had people saying to him, you know, if you're a Gentile and you become a Christian, yeah, you're saved by grace, but you've still got to be circumcised. You've still got to be under the law. And then on the other side of that, he had people in the church that came Gentiles who came from a different culture. And what they were doing was trying to combine their old sinful religion with their new religion, syncretism. So you've got these two camps and Paul's saying, you know, that's that's not it what God has given you, don't let it go. Just because there's these things happening, don't let it go. Don't let anybody take it away from you. Stay on the path of freedom. Freedom's great. And I was thinking about it this week. Freedom, what's Paul talking about? Freedom is about not being ruled or controlled or enslaved to something. Freedom, right? And Paul's not talking about something that, you know, what the world's trying to tell us all the time is philosophy. It's philosophical. It's mythological. It's legend. It's stuff like that. It's not truth. It's not truth in reality and history. And so these philosophies that keep coming and, 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 you know, this freedom is not some imaginative ideal. It's not something that somebody just Thought up in a university at some point in time because their mind was magnificent. It's not like that. It's It's not an empty existence of frustration. It's a full existence of joy and rejoicing. That's the freedom that Paul's talking about. The world wants to deliver what they call a reality. It's not real. It's not real. It evaporates. It's like pursuing something. You pursue something. It gets old quick. Doesn't it? Life is—is is life just pursuing things, and are those things going to satisfy? Mm, maybe for a little while. The freedom has a purpose, and it has guarantees. And I look at it and I think to myself, is there anything else like that in the world that can deliver that into my life? There isn't, is there? There isn't. There's nothing else in the world that can deliver it. And one of the things that I've discovered—and I was thinking about it this week. Because, you know, the world talks a lot about self-determination now, yeah? Self-determination. You can be what you want to be, you can do what you want to do, you can identify how you want to identify, all of that, right? But, you know, in Christ, there is more self-determination available to us in that freedom than what we actually realise. And there's so much more in that than what the world can deliver to us in self-determination as they understand it. They say now that you need at least a year 12 uh, education to be able to be self-determinative in the Western world. And I think to some degree that's probably true. But in the kingdom of God, the freedom that God gives us gives us the ability to be the best version of us we could ever be. I like that. I want that. I enjoy being me. Two groups of people that i found, though, and you know, as, as, as we're in these times where things are becoming more uncertain in the world and time's running out and all of that, you know, uh, I, I think the fear in a lot of churches is that all of this stuff that's happening outside of the church is going to actually limit who we are as church and limit our future and cause all kinds of problems for us. And, and to some degree, that's true. I think it's true. But I think even more true is what we see here in the Galatian church that people in the church, you know, who focus on things like the law, who focus on things like culture, who focus on things like money, people who have those things in their lives, people who focus more on their genealogy, people who focus more on their history, who we are, this is who we are, this is what we do. You might be like me. I'm sort of some Irish, French, Viking mutt. I'm a combination of all these things it's really difficult being in here sometimes with all that going on you know (laughs) but I'm managing I think all right I have people who encourage me but you know what the world is saying to us is that all of those things in you are more important they're the things that you know make you who you are but you know my Bible's telling me that what makes me who I am is Jesus Christ the culture of the kingdom for a kid of the kingdom, on this path of freedom, on a path of freedom. And that's the freedom that I want to live in. That's the freedom that I want to be part of. Jesus said, coming into the end times, what's going to happen is the love of many, even in the church, will grow cold." You know, when you're driving along, we went out west recently out to Winton, and out that way, we're out at Richmond, there's about, I don't know, 37 degrees or something, it was really dry heat. You press the button on the dash and it tells you the ambient temperature outside while we're cruising in 24 degrees air conditioning, right? But that ambient temperature is constantly impacting that vehicle and trying to change the temperature inside that vehicle. And the old vehicle was struggling at times. It can be like that in the life of the church that outside there's an ambient belief and and an ambient climate and an ambient culture that's constantly pushing in and trying to make us follow that culture. And so what happens in the lives of people is that they accept ritual more than relationship with God and because they're in that ritual more than relationship then they want other people in the life of the church to drop their freedom as well and become involved in ritual and regulation rather than relationship and freedom with God. And that pressure I've seen you know, come into the church over many, 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 many years of ministry. On the other side, you have people coming in and saying you know, uh, liberal theology, which comes in. And liberal theology says, no, we should be moving you know, in the direction of the world. The world is going forward. And we should go with them in in that forward movement. But what happens is we end up in that false freedom that robs our joy and leaves us in grief grief and guilt. Whereas what God's saying is, no, no, stick with me, come with me, stand firm in your freedom, because the freedom that I have for you will never go away, eternally will never go away. That's, That's the freedom I want to live in, that's the freedom I want to dwell in. The freedom to be the best me I can be. I remember one church we went to uh, and it was a bit stuck. Not like this church. This church is awesome and it's going places. But this particular church was stuck and it was declining and everything. And, uh, you know, you, you wonder what, what caused that as you go there to minister to that and get the church moving again. What caused this Lord? And I didn't have to wait long to find out. I, I went to this Gideon's church. Uh, pastor's night one night, and I was sitting there having a meal. And I'd been at this new church that we went to for a couple of weeks. And I noticed the lady who came and sat down alongside me was from the church. I, I forget her name right now. But I was sitting there, and I hadn't spoken to her before in my life. And as we're sitting there eating our meal, she looked at me and she said, Pastor Peter, do you believe that wives should be submitted to their husbands? I've got to tell you, I'm going to be very careful about how I answer that question. That is a loaded question, and I don't mean with gravy and tomato sauce. And I'm thinking to myself, from past experience, I I can't win this. I I said to her, "That's, that's an interesting statement. I'd probably need to think about just exactly what that means for me, you know, overall. It wasn't long before I found out that this person uh, was controlling other people by using this kind of forceful language. By the way, she was the most unsubmitted person to her husband I've ever met in my life. But you see what I mean about and this was happening in the Galatian church, yeah? It can be all kinds of things. Culture is another one. I remember in Vanuatu when we were there ministering, uh, you know, that when the church came, And all the people from the different islands, different languages and everything, Man Belong Pentecost, Man Belong Maivo, Man Belong Ombai, Man Belong Bush, you know, they all came together and in Christ, in the Spirit, they were one. And God gave me a word of prophecy one day and it was to meet with all the church leaders and to tell them that not to let that freedom in unity be stolen away because you come from different islands and things like that. And I thought, I said to God, I laughed, and I thought, well, there's no way, Lord, that that can happen. There's no way that I could get invited to speak to all of the leaders of all the different churches. There's no way they're all meeting together. Two weeks later, unbeknown to me, all the leaders of all the churches on the islands all met on the island of Santo in the church where our house was on the same block. And I went up to Pastor August Ben and I said to Ni Vanuatu Pastor, big guy, beautiful man of God, and I said to him, Pastor August, how do you know when God has a word of prophecy for you to give? And he looked at me and he said, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And then I got invited to speak to all these leaders of the churches in Vanuatu. And I was able to share that word with them. And I was very encouraged by it because that was what they needed to stand firm in and not let culture... Change the way they operated or accepted one another. Amen. That was a the freedom they had in the gospel of Jesus Christ to be family. Yeah? I mean most of them the ones from Maivo spoke French the ones from the other islands spoke English the ones from Malakula spoke French and uh, you know different islands but when they all came together under the spirit of God in their pidgin language then it was great communication and love there was a freedom that was there. So stand firm. Is what we're told to do stand firm don't let it be robbed away from you and we need to know this truth when it comes to culture and all those things that our brother our sister in Christ is never ever ever our enemy That's good. our brother our sister I want you to say it with me right now let's say it together my brother my sister in Christ is never my enemy ever not ever oh, you know some of us are odd come on <laughs> We're normal. And we've got different personalities and we don't all click and everything like that. But that's okay. We're in Christ. And the bottom line of it is, no matter how much somebody else looks so different to you, Christ accepted them. Just as he accepted you. That's precious. That's powerful. And it's something we need to hold on to all the time. All the time. In a world no longer sees value in the freedom that God brings us. It doesn't see value in that anymore. Instead, it's creating a system of temporal satisfaction. I want it. I want it now. Immediate temporal satisfaction. That's what they're looking for. And it's a fleeting feeling that people get in that kind of philosophy, in that kind of life. It's fleeting. It robs away from you very quickly. The only thing it does is take you deeper into sin, further away from God and more into judgment. There's not freedom in that. No. There's not freedom in a life where everything depends on you. Yeah, that's true. There, there just isn't. I know. I tried. There's no value in it. There's pain and ultimate judgment. I love the words of Jesus. Do you love the words of Jesus? Yeah, yeah. When Jesus spoke and you read what he says, you know, that's the stuff written in red in your New Testament, what Jesus said. Does it melt your heart? Sometimes it confuses me. Jesus says at one point, he says, choose the narrow gate with the narrow road. Choose the narrow gate with the narrow road because that's the way into heaven. And I I thought about that. And when I'm looking at what Paul's saying here, that's exactly what Paul's describing to us. He's explaining to us in this freedom what Jesus was talking about. He's saying, you know, only with the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in your life, allowing the Spirit to help you pick a path between, you know, our natural inclination to either ritual or sin. Help the, let the Spirit help you pick that narrow path. Help the Spirit, Let the Spirit help you bring you down along that path as you fend off the things that are trying to steal your freedom in this life. And He will. That's the amazing thing will. Yes. I can remember a time in my Christian walk you know where um, I'd been in Sydney and I'd given my life to the Lord and I was going strong with God and I'd known God all my life and I was in the Sydney Evangelical Anglican and it was great you know And we shifted to Victoria when I was 15 and the church was uh, legalistic and and uh, liberal and all of that kind of thing and and uh, so I joined another congregation. And every Sunday, I went out of there feeling beaten up. I went out of there feeling like I was a miserable, filthy sinner that did not deserve the grace of God. You know? And it got that way for a couple of years. I think it was a couple of years or so, Viv, wasn't it? That we just didn't go to church. I was in, I was in so much pain of what was being lost out of my life, the freedom that God had given me. I was in so much pain, I didn't realise it, that I was actually grieving for the relationship that I knew I had with God. But I was being told all the time by different people, some of them were found out eventually, but I I was grieving because of what different people were telling me, that I wasn't worthy. I remember even going one night and uh, knocking on the minister's door, probably about 8.30 I was down fishing. I thought, I'll go and talk to the minister and he's a great guy, don't get me wrong. Great minister. But I went and I wanted to talk to him. I wanted to share my heart with somebody. I wanted somebody to help me give back my freedom. And I went there and I talked with him. I don't know if I was making a lot of sense. But he said to me, you know, Peter, what you need to do is just settle down. That wasn't God's plan for my life, settle down. (laughs) And I went away kind of frustrated and I started, you know, this might be you. I went away and I started to, to, I don't know, pine might be the word for that freedom that I knew that I'd had for so long with God. And I started to pine for it. I see the spirit moving here this morning. I started to pine for it. And. I started just yelling out to God, I mean yelling out to God and talking to different people about how I might get that back and, and nobody seemed to have an answer. It was a really frustrating time and all I wanted to do was be with God and his people. Have you experienced that? Have you experienced that where maybe that's part of your life right now, maybe that, that freedom Maybe it's difficult to pick your way down that narrow path because of the voices that are around you, because of ritual and regulation, or because people say, in your, in your family, in your life. I just prayed for a lady this morning in the 8 o'clock service, lovely lady of God and lovely woman of God, and just sharing a heart, and I've heard it so often spoken, that unless God speaks to me today, I don't think I'll come anymore. I'll give it one last shot. I remember a guy in Adelaide said that to his wife when he got home after church. And uh, he was going to a different church two hours. And uh, he said, you know, unless God speaks to me, I'm not going to church anymore. He, he, there was no sense of the freedom and the liberty that God had and the power and rejoicing and joy. And I'd been gathering people who God had been pointing to to do discipleship and teaching with. And that afternoon, about five minutes after he said that to his wife, I rang him. And I said, I want you to join the discipleship. More importantly, God wants you to join the discipleship class. And he said, I will. And after he hung up, his wife said, who was that? And he said, it was God. (laughs) You don't know, do you? And the words that we speak into people's lives are important and powerful. The word that God is speaking into our lives in these days, in these times... As the temperature outside seems to rise against us and the voices are speaking against the church. Friends, we need each other to help each other with the Holy Spirit steer that path more and more and more all the time. I wonder if the musicians can come up. So think about that. Where are you on that journey? Do you feel that freedom? Part of that freedom for me... Was what Pastor Stewart was talking about before. It part of it was being able to abandon myself, abandon myself to worship, to like feel like I was the only person in the room before God, and nothing else mattered, and just to be able to cut loose. I've got to tell you, in evangelical circles, conservative evangelical circles at the time, people were looking at you. In some churches, it was lower your hands or will lower the fans. You know, it wasn't. And all I wanted was release. Because I remembered it from when I was a teenager in the church at Blacktown in Sydney. I remembered going to youth service on Sunday night. I remembered it. And I wanted it back. I can remember the joy that came as the Lord released me into that. And just allowed me to be part of that once again. To have the world disappear around you. And have that sense that it's just God and me. And to look up. And to imagine in your mind's eye. Heaven open. And God seated on the throne. And the light. The glory of God that comes from that. Freedom. To be me. In Christ. In God.